0: Hello. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you will be encouraged and it builds your faith. Thanks for listening. But I'm telling you, this is a great book. Don Norai is a great writer. It's a short book. You can read it probably in just a couple of hours. And, uh, uh, and it gives you some really incredible things. Matter of fact, it's got some uh, uh, interesting facts a part of it, uh, a part of our nation, maybe some things you didn't know. And uh, you, you'll really enjoy that book. It's a great book. Praise God. If you have your copy of God's Word, I want to read. If you turn with me to the book of 2 Kings chapter 2, I'll give you this word. And I want to give it to you and release it to you. This morning we talked about, uh, we began to talk about living on mission. And I'm not going to repeat anything. And uh, if you weren't here this morning, hopefully you can get a copy or listen, go back and listen. But I don't want to repeat uh, anything. I'm just going to give you um, just the principle this morning, we were talking about what do we want to produce and uh, what does it mean to live on mission in 2020. And, uh, and we were talking this morning, I told you that uh, I, want, I introduced you to Mr. and Mrs. River Valley that came through the doors of our church and uh, what do we want God to do and who are we, what we are to be, where does we want God to lead us and what kind of church do we want to be. And where do we want to be and where do we want to go in 2020? And the Spirit of the Lord began to speak to me in September to live on mission. That every day we wake up, you realize you're a missionary. And that when you go out your door, that God has put you on mission every day. And so we want to talk about how do we build, how do we produce, how do we, what do we strive for? And no matter uh, who comes through that door, what are we trying to produce and people that come to this church? I said this morning, are, you not, are we not tired of the revolving door that comes through the body of Christ? Not just our church, but there's a lot of churches. And we want to begin to catch people. And how do you do that? And I told you there were three ways that we do that. We make committed people who are committed to God. In other words, we want to produce committed people. The live on mission means we produce committed people. I told you there were five measures, or there were five values, core values that we needed to implement as the body in order to do that. I'm not going to go through them all or read them off to you, but you can read them back. Number two, I said that we are to make a people who are competent disciples. I said competent disciples. And number three, those who are productive or creative uh, where God has them on mission, and I'll share with you what I mean by that in just a moment. But I want to start this uh, uh, this evening by reading that passage of Scripture in 2 Kings chapter two and beginning in verse nineteen. Then the men of the city said to Elijah, "Please notice the situation of the city is pleasant, as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the ground is barren." And I told you this morning that the city, uh, the water was producing unfruitfulness in the city, that there was no fruit, there was no life, death was happening. Now, here's what's interesting about this. This is Jericho, and the Bible tells us that before Elijah was taking up into heaven, it says that him and Elisha was already there. They were there before he went and crossed the Jordan to be caught up. Now, think about that for a moment. He had already passed through that city. And the, and the situation of that city was already like that when Elijah came through it. Now, did he not notice it? And it's an interesting because I believe there are some things that God leaves for the next generation to do. There's some things that God will allow the next generation to experience and do that the first generation uh, was not intended to accomplish. And I believe there can be an anointing on the next generation to do things that the first generation didn't do. Elijah did twice the miracles that Elijah did. I want my children to do twice of what I do. Huh? Come on. I don't want this to be the best days of this church. Hang with me this tonight. I don't want the best days to be in the past. I want the best days to be ahead. I want the best days to be the next generation. I want the best pastor to be the next best, the next pastor, and the one after that, and the one after that, and the generation after that. And I believe in 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, this place will not be where it is today, but it will be much greater doing greater things than we ever did in the beginning. (laughs) Come on, y'all catch that? See, you catch that, you'll think different. You'll think different. You think different. You'll think futuristic. It's not just about us. It's not just about us. It's not just about us. We have to build for tomorrow. We have to build for the next generation. We have to build, listen, these children that are around here that we see, they're, they're the next ones that are going to be the leadership of this body. Oh, come on now. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. I'm telling you, one of the next pastors of this church could be sitting right back there in a classroom. Huh? Come on, y'all, help me. I wouldn't put it past. Several of them. I can see Clayton preaching. I can see Noah preaching. I see them little kids. I can see Becca preaching, little Rebecca, Hobbes preaching. I can see Hannah preaching. Come on, y'all. Why not? Why not? Why not? I see John Pierre sitting over there. I'm telling you, God could make him a prophet of God and use him in the next generation. Why? But we have to build, we have to come to the place to where we allow the next generation to continue to do what we have built upon. And the Bible says in verse 20, and he said, bring me a new bowl, put salt in it. So they brought brought it to him. And then he went out to the source of the water and cast in the salt there and said, thus saith the Lord, I have healed this water and from it there shall no more death or barrenness come. So the water remained healed to this day according to the word of Elisha, which he spoke. Hallelujah. The Bible said he went to the source, and he used salt. It said that he said, bring me a bowl of salt, and he took that salt, and he went to the source of the water. He went to the source of the decay. He went to the source of the barrenness, the source of the death, he went to the source of what was causing uh, uh, there to be barrenness. Now turn over to me, with me to the book of Matthew, chapter five. Matthew chapter five. I'll read a couple of verses of scripture there, and then we're going to move on into what I believe the Lord has for us tonight. Matthew chapter five, and here Jesus again is in the beatitudes, and here in the beatitudes he spends the first part of the beatitudes talking about the character of the Christian. In other words, he begins to talk about the character. Blessed are, listen, it it begins by blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall. He goes through and he begins to give the characteristics of the the Christian. He said, "Blessed, blessed are they, blessed are they. But then he comes to verse 13 and he says this. There's a transition that takes place. And he says this, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It, it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot of men, for ye are the light of the world. A city is set on a hill, cannot be hid, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, what he says is he transitions. He, he goes from saying, They, they, to the to the to the personal pronoun ye. In other words, Blessed are they. And now he goes to the place where he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And if it's you lose your saltiness, then what happens is, you lost your, You are good for nothing but to be trampled on by men. I'm, there's a call to the church to be salt and light in the hour we live in. And living on mission is to take the responsibility that we take, the responsibility to be salt and light to our generation, that we be salt and light, living on mission as being salt and light. And in the next couple of weeks, we'll talk about that, but I don't want to stay there for just a moment. Number one, God wants us to produce committed people who are committed to God. Number two, God wants us to be people who are competent Christians. Hang with me for a moment. What is it to live on mission? What does it mean to live on mission? And it's one thing when we say that, that we are uh, to be committed people, but the second thing that I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to be in 2020 as we live on mission is that we've got to start discipling and bringing forth competent people in the body of Christ. Because I don't know about you, I'm tired of the weirdness and the flakiness and people who are not competent when it comes to the things of God. We have, there has been an ignorance that has come into the body of Christ and an understanding. Listen, there's a biblical literacy illiteracy that has overcome the body of Christ. Come on, help me tonight. And Mr. and Mrs. River Valley, we want them to be competent. We want them to be competent in the things of God and know what they believe. We don't want people sitting around here listening to preaching for 20 years and at the end of 20 years, all they have is a notebook worth of notes and that's all they have. But we want competent Christians that'll take what has been taught and preach to them and go out and be used and have a story and a testimony to tell. Huh? Come on, help me tonight. We have to produce competent Christians who know the work of God, who know the work of God, the holiness of God, the work of Christ that understands the function of the Holy Spirit, who understands that the doctrine of the Trinity, the doctrine of Christ. How much do you know about the word of God? How much do you know about sanctification and regeneration? and these things that we, as all Christians, should know. And what happens is, is that people don't trust us because we're not competent in the Word of God. There are people out there that know the Word of God better than most people that sit in the house of God. Come on. What do you know about the Holy Spirit? What do you know about holiness? What do you know? In 2020, it's our desire to build competent people in the body of Christ. We want to teach the Word of God. We want to teach what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. What does it mean, the doctrine of the Trinity? What does it mean, the doctrine of Christ? What does it mean when we talk about these things? God wants the church to start to be competent because when we're not competent, we're not secure, and when we're not secure, we don't have a story to tell. Peter said... Be ready to give every man an account for the hope that is in him. Come on, y'all, listen. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what's happening. Uh, God has to begin. Listen, my desire, how does God make us confident? I believe that God is going to begin to touch young men and young women again. And I believe God wants to touch young men and teach them how to be the priests of their home. Come on, I'm tired of weak, weak, limp men who do not know how to lead their families. Oh, you guys, come on, y'all. We're living in a world that's wishy-washy. I'm telling you, I'm... It's true, right? We've got to build competent men. We've got to build men that know how to wake up every day and hear God for their families and lead their families, lead their children, know how to pray for their children. Let me, let me just tell you how it is in some of the young couples' homes today. It's like this they wake up every day, and, and, the, and the, the wife says, So, what are we going to do today? And this is what the husband says Oh. We going to church Sunday? If you want to. Johnny got in trouble again. Oh, what are you going to do? Come on, y'all, help me. Are we not, listen, we need to build strong men in this church. We need to build men that are not ashamed to be men and to know what it is to be a man. What is it to be a man? What is it to lead your home? What is it to be someone that stands in the gap for your family? God has given us, you, the authority to do that. Come on, come on, listen. Listen. Most of this generation is waking up every day trying to figure out whether they're a boy or a girl. I'll tell you how. I'll tell listen, I'll tell you how you figure out if you're a boy or a girl. Right? Right. Come on, there needs to be a revival among men. There needs to be a revival among our young men that wake up every day and are able to love their wives like Christ loved the church, that are able to lead them and and, and build in them and strengthen them and build them up and lead them. Why? Because what's happening is we've got men that are losing their competency in the body of Christ. God wants us to be competent. God wants our young women to be competent. Wants them to understand that their virtue is a strength. Listen, ladies, your virtue. Thank you for joining us for River Valley Community Church's podcast. If you feel led to give, you can click on the donation link in the description or visit our website at rivervalleymadison.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.